Okay, my name is uh, Larry, and thank you for being a part of our Blessed Summer Series as we seek to embody the five missional practices of Bless to love our neighbors and to change the world through people coming to know Jesus. We're going to begin with prayer today. Uh, listen with care, followed the second week. Third week is, I should have preached that one, eat experience together. And serve with love, share your story. Again, I'm Larry. I've been in Zoom land for quite a while, so I ask for forgiveness from the staff. It's good to be in attendance to see um, live people. It's kind of like our university. Um, our instructors, <laughs> they don't want to teach live. They want to teach Zoom. I'm speaking for my university, okay, at the west side. So I'm guilty, too. I'm teaching a hybrid class this semester. <laughs> okay. But it's good to be together, the body of Christ. And thanks be to God, to the pastoral staff who's vacationing. Yumiko, you're here. You're um, handling us and allowing us, allowing me to share uh, for this series. Um, let us quiet our hearts. And um, I'm going to pray out Psalms 19, 14. So join with me. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Empower us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Speak to us, teach us, guide us. Pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, the scriptural purpose for today is kind of like I'm the lead batter, and as an educator, I have to follow the script. <laughs> and the script is kind of laid out because it's a really solid foundation. So we hear from Abraham God calls Abraham and makes him a promise. And he tells him, I'll make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. In this text, we see that God's desire to bless us, um, however, it doesn't end there. God's desire is also that we be a blessing to other. God blesses us, we want to bless others. Simple as that. And um, the question we might ask, how can we do that? Part two of today, you can get to practice that in small groups here. And this week, again, we begin with prayer. Our scripture reading up overhead um, is going to be from the book of Luke, um, chapter 11, verses 1 through 12. And this is in context after, um, in chapter 10, the ending part where Martha and Mary... And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha was going, Oh, Mary, cool it, girl, sit down. You're serving too much. Then Mary sat at the foot of Jesus. And then the second part of this, uh, the context of this chapter, Jesus jumps right into prayer and into the model prayer, which is called the Lord's Prayer, but actually is called the Disciples' Prayer. And from this beginning of the verse, it goes like this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, when you pray, say, let's join together. This is a different version. Ready, go. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Okay? We pause. It's a different version from the one we always say at funerals or at churches and etc. But Jesus said to them, and he continued, Suppose you have a friend, 
And you go to him at midnight, knock, knock, and say, friend, let me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey, okay, has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, hey, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, and I love this part, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Hear the word of God as it will never fade away or return to us void. So sorry, we're not going to have an exegesis of the 12 scriptures, but the exegesis is actually the, um, the breakdown and interpretation of the scriptures itself. But I want to give you some important takeaways. One through four, the Lord's Prayer it provides us a pattern for all us as disciples to follow. Number one, honor God. Submit to his will. Depend on him to meet needs and forgive sins. And ask for strength to forgive others and to resist the evil one who is Satan. At the heart of it all, Jesus' distinctive vision of God as Father God. Verses 5 and 6. Those who come to God with, listen to this word, I like it persistence, as this man did with his neighbor, will know the power of prayer in their lives. Verses 7 and 8, the idea that prayer is a passive activity has no place in the word of God. Prayer is persistent. These are nouns, conflict, and spiritual warfare. Verses 9 to 13, I included 13. It says 12. I go to the university, so I can't count. The act of persistent Prayer proclaims a believer's commitment to God. Let me repeat that. The act of persistent prayer proclaims a believer's commitment to God. So there's a PowerPoint in the back that we see that comes from, I think Jeannie told me this morning, so Paul de Mathrench, uh, Jean Tissot. <laughs> I can't read the other part, but check it out. Jesus is on top of a kind of like a little hill, and... Um, what you see, his, looking, his eyes are up towards heaven and his hand is extended. Just like the picture you always think of Jesus praying when he went to a solitary place. There's actually 26 passages in the scripture that Jesus went and he prayed by himself. And then the disciples told him in chapter 11, Hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So we're the disciples this morning. We're asking each one of us, teach us how to pray. Thank you. Um, the chart... Um, I have a confession to make. Um, <laughs> I have excuses to make. This week, this week I was busy with transfer orientations, uh, student presentations, and I praise God, I got to do a two-hour workshop with Gen Z. I'm 50 plus, and Gen Z has a different vocabulary, okay? God, by grace, make me through. And they even clapped at the end. But I told them, please throw money, because I needed to treat my son for dinner. <laughs> 
Uh, you guys get it. Um, so two points. So this is my electronic PowerPoint, okay? Um, I can't be fired from the university. I'm already tenured, so I didn't get on PPT, okay? This is um, old school. First one, that word, say it with me, be. Be is an auxiliary verb. It means be still, my heart. You be it, okay? So it's an imperative too, in a way. But be and then together. Let's read the middle for those of you who can't, can't see. Ready, go. Like Jesus. Be like Jesus and pray for others. Point number one. On, look on your, um, I guess your notes, point number one. I would like to emphasize that point number one is Jesus with uh, and others have blessed you through prayer. Jesus and others have blessed you through prayer. But coming in with that is we're going to look at be like Jesus and pray for others. Okay? So what I would like to do is read this quote that comes from Book of Romans, chapter 8, and 34 and 35. And this is so important. Before we can pray, we know that Jesus is praying. I love this when he said, when actually Paul said this in Romans 8, 34. Who then is the one who condemns? And he says, nada, no one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding. Interceding. He is actively in prayer for us and he is doing it right now as we are gathered in his name. And then this part, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? But Jesus prays for us because we can bless others through prayer, because we have been blessed through prayer. We are blessed to bless others. In scripture, we see how Jesus prays for us out of that same love that led him to die for us. And Jesus teaches us how to pray. Christ who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. We bless others through prayer because this is the truth. We've been blessed through prayer. We are blessed to bless others because we can see this one point. Okay, picture the cross, okay? We see Jesus hanging in the middle. On the right is, and only in the book of, I believe, Luke, it, it shares this part. The others has more detail. So, yeah, this area goes, one of the criminals who were hung on the right hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal on the left said, he rebuked the other criminal. Don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we are getting, what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, then he said, Jesus Remember me when you come into your kingdom. It was his innermost prayer, a dialogue, talking to Jesus at the cross. How awesome is that? He was going to die, and he believed that Jesus could bring him into his kingdom. And then Jesus answers this. 
Truly, when every time he says truly, it's a fact. And only Jesus can say that. I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. I, I pull back, and I don't know about you, but I was like, wow, what an example. Such a powerful scripture. And when Jesus or someone has blessed you through prayer, the word bless, and um, this is my PowerPoint. <laughs> okay. Makarios. Makarios is in the original language, and it means actually happy or blissful. Okay. Um, as an educator, I just like the feel of the audience. Okay. How many of you word, use the word blissful? For example, when I eat my chicken katsu from L&L, my stomach is blissful. <laughs> or, gee whiz, my marriage for 35 years is so extremely blissful. I looked up the word blissful because this North Shore guy from Waialua never used blissful like, brah, you happy? <laughs> okay. Are you happy? Are you content? Blissful, I looked it up, and it was really this, extremely happy. The adverb, extremely happy. Okay? And it's full of joy. So when we're blessed, and when someone blesses you, we're when Jesus blessed us to come into his kingdom, we were extremely happy, and we were extremely full of joy. Okay. But it also means self-contained happiness within you. When someone prays for us, we indeed also receive a blessing. I want you to hear this. Blessing also has another word that means increase. When we bless God, it is his presence that increases in us. When we bless God, it is his presence that increases in us. So like one commercial, we say, we feel the power. Okay. We feel the power. Okay. Please pause with me for this spiritual exercise. Um, think of a person or persons. You don't have to move around, so there's non-threatening, guys. Okay, this is a level one. Level one. Okay. Think of a person who has prayed for you to come to Jesus Christ. Okay? Pause for about a minute or two. Think of the person who has prayed for you to come to Jesus Christ. Okay, um, usually like, who wants to share? Then everybody go like, looks away. Okay, I, I learned that method. I won't ask anyone. This is your time to reflect between you and God. Summer 1974. Hannah Chenoweth, my Sunday school teacher from Wailua United Church of Christ. She prayed for me when I was a senior, straying away from the Christian church, and meeting with the Jehovah Witnesses. She also gave me a Living Translation Bible. 
She came to my house and she says, Oh, Larry, we missed you at church. We've been praying for you. And I said, Yeah, Mrs. Chenoweth, I've been missing, I've been meeting with this surfer dude. He's from the JW, Jehovah Witness. Oh, you're really meeting with him? Yeah, I'm learning a lot. And she said, Okay, that's good. No condemnation. She's just open. And she said, Here's your Bible. I'm going to pray for you, okay? Result, fast forward, I came back to church because she prayed for me. I don't know the specifics, but somehow God got a hold of me. I was blessed and went to church and stayed to learn about the Bible. So in your mind of minds, heart of hearts, soul of souls, whoever prayed for you, whether it's your mother, father, or someone at work, someone around the neighborhood, Grandma, bacha, nana, tata, gungung, popo, whoever it was, prayed for you and prayed fervently for you so that we all this morning, as believers in Christ, can come together and proclaim his name. And now we're going to take action. Part two. Questions on part one? That's <laughs> it. Okay, good. Let's move on. <laughs> we can bless others. And this is the key today who don't know Jesus, yet by praying for them. The second word point, read it with me. Do. Say do. Like Jesus, and bless others by praying. Okay, that's your task. No grades. You're going to do it. It's between you and God. And you know what? It's not only you and God, the Lone Ranger. It's the body of Christ here. Support one another. You want to get together to pray? By all means, pray. Hey, Zoom is good. <laughs> okay, Starbucks is good. Uh, outside, buy an L&L plate. Go to the park, sit down. It's a way to talk. Uh, I had some meetings with my consular friends. Went to, to this new Chinese restaurant. And we ate at Ala Moana. I ran away from West Oahu. Told my boss we had a good meeting. And it wasn't really a meeting. So I went, came back, counseled my students. So just, but we prayed. We prayed because I told them, I'm not ready with my message. <laughs> so he prayed over me, and that was cool. So I won't, I won't digress anymore. Okay. Second point is do like Jesus and bless others for them. I want to share a story. Um, there's a book by... Uh, Mark Russell called uh, The Missional Entrepreneur, Principles and Practices for Business as Mission Theologian and a Media Specialist. Anybody here in business, raise your hand. Anybody own a business, work for a business? Okay, cool. You guys know what business is, right? I failed accounting 202 at Manoa, so I'm not a business major. I became an education person, okay? What I was taught by one professor in accounting, he said business you are in charge of keeping the details for profit, not, what is that, liabilities or whatever. See, the invoices, account payable, I don't know that stuff. But you are in business for profit. Okay, this guy was in business for profit. He offers a compelling contemporary case study of one way to incorporate the BLESS approach. Russell researched 12 mission as business BAM groups, so that's business as mission groups in Thailand. So he had six groups and six groups, 
And I'm going to share with you how he divided the 12 groups into six and what were the results and outcome of this. Operating under the BAM, which is the business um, as mission model in Thailand, he created profitable, sustainable business that is intentional about pursuing kingdom impact on people and nations. His goal in the first six group um, basically was to leverage the power of business to address spiritual, to address social, economic, and environmental needs. It was a holistic approach. So the first six groups, he just said, okay, we're going to leverage this business. We're going to address the spiritual. We're going to address the social, economic, and environmental needs. Okay? That's the first group. So this is the, this is the holistic group. Okay? They had all. I'm too lazy to write down environmental and everything. So I circle it. That means includes everything. Okay? So that's, that's, my, that's my symbolism. Okay? And um, he, he studied this six groups of people that focused primarily on that. And they were developing successfully. The local business that enhanced the economy was growing. It impacted the Thai people that moved them toward faith in Christ was viewed as a byproduct of their work. So when they were working spiritual, social, economic, environmental needs, the conversions were welcome and celebrated. They were not the main focus, though, in the first group. Russell called these businesses the blessers. Can everybody say blessers? Oh, that's another S, okay. And another S, okay. That's blessers. Sorry, my handwriting. Okay, is the first group. They were profitable, okay. Let me tell you about the second group. This second group of six businesses viewed conversion. They viewed conversion as their primary um, focus. Developing a successful business was a byproduct or take time now to read the illustration of this blessed approach. But the businesses originated out of Thailand. They used their work as a mean to gain access to the country first. And the companies were more concerned about spiritual destiny, about the people of the local residents, than economic improvement. Russell called these six businesses the... I'm sorry about the guys who can't see over there. Yeah. But believe me, I'm writing converters. So everybody say converters. Okay. The converters actually um, did not meet their goal of reaching out to people. The blessers did. The blessers saw more conversions take place, and even more surprising, the blessers experienced more people converting to Christ by a ratio of 48 to 1. 48 to 1. A whopping 96 people gave their lives to Christ through the blessers over a several-year period. One-year period, um, the ratio was 48 to 1, and 96 believers came in contrast, the converters, the converters who identified their primary goal as spiritual conversion, in fact, saw only two people make faith commitments to Jesus Christ over the, over the um, same period. So why was such a disparity here? Why was there a disparity? The blessers built more deeply genuine relationships, hired people for a longer term, invested more capital in the economy, which created greater income and built deeper trust with the community. So when the founders and the blessed and leaders of the blessed companies did talk about their faith in Christ, Jesus Christ, at the right time, guess what? The local residents listened. They were genuinely, genuinely interested and influenced profoundly by the blessers' natural style of sharing their faith. 
On the other hand, the converters basically became a part of the local community, but their agenda overshadowed their relationships. So it was, I've got to convert you to Jesus, rather than the relationship was more important. And this is the main point, if you can get it. People do not care about our agenda. This is point two. You know, we're going to be like Jesus. We're going to be like Mary who sits at the feet of Jesus. Not to say that Martha was wrong about gathering the poo-poos together for, for lunch, okay? And um, we get that. We got to get them as people that we care and are committed to their well-being. And bottom line, my brothers and my sisters here, we have to develop authentic, genuine, sincere relationships. We can bless others because Jesus prays for others. And he said this, I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, John 17, 9, if you want to look at that up. But of those you have given me, for they are yours. John 17, 20, further down. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, for specifically believers. Luke twenty two thirty two, But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So those who have also fallen away, when they come back, will be strengthened by their brothers and sisters. That's why we need to pray. And when we see the examples of the blessers and converters, Wellspring family, are we striving to become blessers? That's a challenge to us. That's part two of this. Are we becoming that? When I, what if I told you that we pray for the salvation of others because God is sovereign in salvation? Sovereign in salvation. All-knowing, all-doing, everywhere. Omniscient, everything, putting together, sovereign. It's a bit sad that the precious truth that God saves sinners has become more of a theological argument than a firm truth we unite upon. The sovereignty of God is the very reason we are able to pray, I think, J.I. Packer. He was a Canadian theologian, evangelical theologian, and writer. And mostly, with, I think, wrote with uh, InterVarsity, just to plug in for Pastor Dan. Okay? I was Campus Crusade. Hallelujah. Let's pray. <laughs> okay, Dan, it's recorded. We're still the same, brother. But why did Packer say that if we aren't praying for the conversion of others, he doubts that we have been yet born again? For one, it is clearly commanded in Scripture. 1 Timothy 2, 1 Timothy 2, 1-4. Instructions from Timothy, um, book of Timothy. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. In the Greek and Hebrew, all means all. Okay? A-L-L. Um, also, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. So we have that foundation that we ought to pray for all people. Secondly, we ought to pray for those who are lost. Luke 19.10 specifically tells us, For the Son of Man came to seek and to seek, the lost. Okay? This is a practical model to connect authentically with others and to pray for others. It's called the Frank model. It's not from Europe. 
it's an acronym. Okay, on the board, um, on the board, excuse me, <laughs> on the PowerPoint, the front models is this. It starts with F for friends, R for A for N for C. That should have been C squared. <laughs> okay. Start your spiritual influence list, which you can use to begin to pray. Since you will work and pray in your circle of influence with the Frank uh, model, frankly, do you get it? Frankly, people do care about our agendas unless they know we get them as people and that we care and are committed to their well-being. So basically, frankly, I want you to be authentic. Okay? You know people in your circle of friends. People who are relatives right now. And I want to just share with you one thing that just came to me this past week. Um, I know a lot of people we've going, been going through, but lately in my, on my mother's side, there's been a lot of debts. Uh, deaths. Okay, not debts. Debts. Um, um, my, um, my two uncles were in the same hospital. My, my two aunties were nurses at Cedar sinai So they were at Cedar sinai in ICU. My first uncle had a heart condition and passed away. My second uncle has Alzheimer's, and they had to go into his brain and drain something, and he had an emergency crane, crane, craniotomy, whatever you call that, cranium, so open the brain and go through that. And then out of the blue, my auntie uh, FaceTimes me, and this is this um, what 75-year-old woman that does FaceTime. And I was like, cool. Anti-FaceTimes, man. So I was looking, but I said, who the heck is this FaceTiming me? So I, I, I opened it up, and it was my cousin Jeannie. She says, hey, cousin Larry. I said, yeah, what's going on, Jeannie? He says, hey, um, dad's in the hospital right now, and um, I don't know, you just came to mind. I want you to pray. And I said, cool, okay. What do you want me to pray for? Just pray for dad, and we don't know how much more he has, you know, but just pray that he can you know, he can make it through the night and that, that pray for mom, that mom is going to feel okay, have peace in her heart. So it was Father's Day, by the way. And um, we usually gather at my mom's house. Okay, this is outside in the garage. There's about room for 30 people spread out six feet. It was really cool. And I came up with something and I don't know, I believe the spirit came and I made a, anybody participate in this intercessory prayer? Okay, all of us intercede for someone on behalf to tell them, you know, God, this person needs help. Help me to pray for this person. So I came up with an intercessory prayer, and I, before we said, uh, we ate dinner and, and say the normal Father's Day prayer, I said, I passed out a, a bulletin, kind of like a, a brochure bulletin, and it had all the intercessory, it had scriptures, and it basically, hear our prayer, O Lord, was the uh, comment. I was a leader, and then I would say, uh, I would read a scripture and they would say, hear our prayer, O Lord. And that prompted me to do something about prayer. To bless my auntie and my, my, my family, my auntie's family with prayer. So you can do that too. That's why I just bring it up as an example that someone asked and we're going to pray. So we're going to have um, some time right now where you're going to participate with this. I, I'm assuming that everybody has this. Um, I don't know if you can pass it around. This is, um, and in the inside, 
and this is going towards our conclusion. On the inside, this is the hands-on part. You're going to see on, the, on, on, my, on my left, your right, is um, it says to instruct, choose three to five people to pray for. Commit to begin each day by asking God you, uh, to use you to bless someone in your world. Uh, be bold and look for divine opportunities to be a blessing. So on one part of the paper, you write down who you're praying for, and on this breakaway tab, you can put that in front of the altar here when you're all If you cannot come up with five, my students say, Oh, mister, I cannot get five. I love the number three. Okay, three is cool. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Or Mac salad, poo-poo, and rice. <laughs> okay, that's the three. Take some time right now. Uh, pray in your heart of hearts right now who you can pray for to bless so that they can come into the kingdom of God or even be strengthened in their walk for Jesus. Simple as that. Do like Jesus to bless and bless others by praying. So this is your formal sense of communication. And I believe the church will collect it and yeah, we'll give it to Yumiko at the end. So if you could take some time, maybe to three to five people, even if you take one or two, that's fine. Pray for them during the week. Oh, thank you, Yumiko. And if no one comes to your mind, don't worry. Take the paper home, and then you can put, put that uh, on the side as you begin your quiet times, your devotion times. I am sure that God will bring a person that you can bless by praying for them. Isn't it awesome to pray for someone? So you know that someone told me when I first accepted Jesus Christ back at the University of Hawaii, and they, they told me this. I never could understand that. We're all beggars looking for the loaf of bread to eat. And we got to share that loaf of bread with others. And that was back in 1978 when I accepted Christ. And I keep thinking about sharing that loaf with others so that we can eat together. And it's so like communion style too. So cool. Okay, Yumiko, we'll give them uh, maybe 30 more seconds, and then thank you, Yumiko. If not, also, then we can put it, we'll leave it open there for after church, too, if that's a good idea. I'm going to conclude this today by saying that we pray in Jesus' name. Because we have no standing or power in our own human selves. Again, we pray in Jesus' name because we have no standing or power. And our only standing and power is in the name of Jesus himself. When Jesus prays for us, I'm going to summarize our eternal benefits. 
this is so awesome. Satan can't take us, can't take away our salvation. Number one, Satan can't take away our salvation when Jesus prays for us. Number two, we have protection and security in him. We have protection and security in him. Number three, this is cool. He wants to be with us. We always think, this is what I used to think, I still, I still do. I, I want to be with Jesus. You know, sometimes work is so, I just want to go to heaven already. My boss is a micromanager. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I didn't say that, but, you know, something like that. Or, I just want to be with Jesus. But here's the upside-down truth, and let me illustrate this. Okay. This is us always trying to reach God who's here. Okay? That's the pinnacle. Yeah? But let's take it and say that God, that's also Tom Peter's version of how a leader should lead, not from top to the bottom, but bottom to top. I mean, the bottom of that, God reaches to us. So this is the way that Jesus really wants to be with us. We always say we're going to reach out to Jesus, but we already know that he's reaching out to us every single day. I thought that was so cool. It was so profound that even for me, I forget about it. I just want to be with you, Jesus, just you alone. People are, you know, COVID are COVIDing me out, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Jesus wants to be with you. Take the time to journal. Take the time to read. Walk in your neighbor. Do a prayer walk. Connect with someone. And um, I'm guilty of a lot of things, but attempt to do it from this day forth. You have a clean slate. So he says this when we do the inversion chart. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. From John 14, 2 and 3. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. Take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Such a powerful way of a relationship. It is not this way when I teach my class. It's not this way, A to B. It's B reaching out to A. A switch of the inverse of that arrow means a reciprocal, authentic relationship. It's not a one-way relationship. I reach out to God. God reaches out to me. And when we meet in the middle, bam, something happens. Because you got to do your share. I got to do my share. It's God can do it. Yeah, he can do miraculous things, like in the book of Exodus, when we see he parts the, the, the river, the sea, the sea, and he, he, he brings manna and quail to the Israelites, who always monkutaru anyway, so we monkutaru every day. He wants to be with us. He provides rice, even if it's 10 grains of rice. You cannot make sushi, though, with 10 grains of rice. If somebody does, uh, call me up. Okay. But some of us, too, even me, I put myself in the chair, but I don't know how to pray for people. That's an honest statement. I don't know how to pray for people. Remember this promise. Remember this promise from John 14, verses 2 to 3. And it also in Romans 26, it says, 26 and 27, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do, we do not know what we ought to pray for, 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. This is God's will. We ought to pray. He intercedes. Keep going, baby. Don't stop. Some of us go on the wayside. That's okay. Ask the Spirit to continue to empower you. And the prayer to remember that, thank God, Jesus is praying for us. Pray for each Wellspring member to reach out in their franc world. That's, in a, that's there. And this morning, would you join, um, before I let you go in our, our, our last prayer, the reflect, questions for reflection. Uh, we got it from this missional statements. And I think it's pretty cool. I listed four. And where is God already at work in your family, friends, and others? Where does God want you to join the work of God in doing your circles of influence and with the people you are seeking to draw toward yourself or towards God? How does God want you to bless the people in the places God has sent you? And number four, it got me. Why do you think we need to keep on asking, seeking, and knocking when it comes to prayer in general, and especially prayer for unchurched family and friends? Why do you think those prayers are usually not answered quickly? The key word is a P word, ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and my sisters. It's P, persistent. If you saw in the scriptures this morning, the widow who was persistent with the judge, and the judge said, oh, humbug this wahine. I got I to gotta let him in already. So he answered her. And God is that kind of, you keep on persisting. You get an answer. Yes, no, maybe. And I'm going to build your character, Larry. I'm going to build your character. So join me in a word of prayer. There's going to be two prayers. And then there's going to be a prayer of unison. Um, I'm going to pray the prayer to, for our, you to join with me for the unsaved and those who are lost that Jesus is seeking. Let's pray for that first. Father, we open our hearts and minds to you as the blessers to be like Jesus, to reach out to others. And we know that there are friends, family members, relatives, acquaintances, and the list goes on, that don't know you. Forgive us for judging them. Help us to bridge an authentic and sincere relationship so that we just don't have to show the Christ in us, but also to show them that they can, we can point them to Christ in his way that by his word and by prayer, that they will come to a conversion. And by your, by your power of your spirit, we ask that in our circle of influence, in our everyday living, from our waking to our sleeping, that we be thinking of reaching out to others because you, Jesus, reached out to us and still praying for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to lift up our hands, and, and I'm going to read this prayer, and you receive. Lord, help us to ask and keep on asking, to seek and keep on seeking, and to knock and keep on knocking when it comes to praying for our unchurched family and friends. You promise that if we are persistent, you will answer. You promise that if we cry out to you, you are good and will respond. You promise to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And you promise to convict and draw people toward you by your Holy Spirit. We ask this in your name, our Lord and Savior. Amen.